All right, welcome, welcome. This is episode number 100 of the Bearded Marketers Podcast, the only internet marketing podcast that matters. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. We bring you the latest and greatest every Monday morning. In fact, for 100 Monday mornings. Mm. That's right, 100 episodes. <laughs> years. That's a lot of episodes, a lot of ground that we've covered over these last couple of years. We do have some expensive Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey oh, yeah. to celebrate. We don't have champagne like we did for 50. Growing up as gentlemen. Well, and mostly because I was too lazy to bring it into the office. <laughs> the last time we did 50, we were still recording at my condo. Apartment, yeah. And now we're here at an office upgrading and we're actually moving into a new office very yeah, soon. Bigger and better. So just moving on up. Episode number 100. I promise I would pop something because I did that on 50. Here's the Basil Hayden's. So we're going to be drinking that as we go through this episode. I don't know what else I covered. Yeah, every Monday morning, thebeardedmarketers.com slash podcast. If you're listening, you know it. We're on iTunes, right. wherever else check you can Check us out on Twitter. We're very active there. You can check out our website. We've got some videos as well. You can catch the episodes or suggest some topics if you'd like. We love hearing from people. Or you can give us a call on 904-270-9603. Leave a voicemail, funny story, relationship, advice that you might need. We can handle it all. Let's get into these topics. First and foremost, we're going to kick it off. We're going to divorce this out of our normal Google corner and talk about inbox from Google. What are some implications there? What are some thoughts, things of that nature? Next, we're going to go into how PPC spend is trending and some interesting takeaways there that might influence your strategy. Amazon Prime fail day. I mean, Prime day. We're going to talk a little bit about how lackluster it was and I had all my monies ready. Anyways, we're just going to talk about that in general about what happens and potential industry news around that. And it would not be an episode if we didn't check in with the people that have the power in Mountain View, Google, and see if there's anything that they are cooking up or implementing that we need to pay attention to and hopefully not wreck our lives. So let's kick it off. Google inbox, what does that even mean? I thought we had Gmail, so let's dissect this, Rob. The email man with a plan. All right, I want to get some of this input on what you think about Inbox by Google before we finish up this little segment because, you know, I use iPhones. So I don't know <laughs> I don't know what Google's Sorry, doing. Basil Hayden's got me in my throat. <laughs> their Gmail and Inbox apps on Androids. So mm-hmm. I hope to get some insight from you on that. So for those of you who are unaware of what Inbox is, basically a new online interface for dealing with emails as well as an app paired with mm-hmm. an app that kind of switches up the standard... I don't know, way that you interact with emails, I guess, is a good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as most people know who use, especially anybody who uses Gmail, is well aware of the tabbing uh, interface that Gmail rolled out. At this point, what is this, like a year ago now at this point? Maybe a little bit more. There were a lot of tears when that rolled out, particularly with email marketers. Everybody cried for many weeks as Mm -hmm. email marketers, but I think the net impact wasn't actually that bad. Uh, You were good. If you had your email marketing on point, I don't think there was that big of a negative impact to email marketers. But this new one, man, it really, flips it on its head. Uh, I Anybody out there listening who deals in email marketing specifically, if you run email marketing campaigns, if you're in charge of that at your company, or you're just curious, head over to google.com slash inbox, or just if you're on an iPhone or Android, just search for that app and get it, download it. It used to be beta. Now mm-hmm. it's open to everybody else, which is why we're talking about it now so that everybody can go and check it out. Some of the differences, I guess, number one, the views are totally different. Right. Um, I haven't looked at it on the web interface. They're really trying to push the mobile use of it. I think they're required to get your app first before you can actually use it on the web. They look much more like social posts, I guess is a good way of putting it, uh, instead of emails. Much more
more of a emphasis on visualization of your inbox. Yeah, they try to be much smarter. I mean, Google is already, uh, Gmail specifically, is already pretty good at understanding the content in a lot of the emails you get. This mm-hmm. goes even farther in that if you get an email about a flight coming up, Google automatically interprets that, puts it into a different category, displays the information totally differently. doesn't even really look like a normal email anymore. And a lot of that sort of stuff just keeps going more and more in depth. Other things, events that are coming up, if it interprets it as an event invitation or something like that, the display is totally different. Again, it doesn't look like an email anymore. Promotional things, social network updates all look different as they come in. And you're in control of some of these settings and which types of emails you want Google Inbox to take over and change the formatting of. But again, this one's a kind of a hard one to describe, especially over a podcast. But I recommend anyone, again, who's interested in email marketing to check it out. I think this one potentially does have some pretty large implications for email marketers, not in the near future, but I think this is potentially where email marketing may be going. Trying to be smarter about, I don't know, simplifying emails. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. so many people now rely on emails. We get so many of them. And if Google or anybody out there can do a better job of categorizing them, displaying them, prioritizing them, I think it will catch on. And I think a lot of more people will use it. So do you have Inbox by Google? Question number one. Were you aware of it prior to me talking about it on the podcast? What are your thoughts? I do have it. I don't really use it that much. And that's because... I was not patient enough to wait for Google to come out with a product like this. So I went the route of creating a bunch of rules within Gmail to do some of that sorting automatically and using tags and categories. And I would mention that I'm more of a power user of email and curating what my inbox looks like. That's not to say I don't find value in inbox. And I think they're trying to tackle some things that you mentioned. And I think it's really just a proper evolution. You know, for a long time, email kind of became this digital way to pass middle school notes between one another. And it was this novelty item. Now, fast forward probably a decade later, it's an official means of communication. Now, fast forward a couple more years and a lot of commerce and very important, wide ranging communication now happens on this media format. So as a user and a consumer of this channel of information consumption, how do we tease out all the signals, things that we need to pay attention to there in in a meaningful way? And I think that Google is trying to tackle that because emails has now become a center of people's lives. When we're booking a trip or setting appointments or purchasing things, you know, all of this now is coming to one area. So how do we make sense of, you know, this tangled mess of cords, which is all coming into me and, and crying for attention, but in different routes. So I appreciate what Google's doing, and I think they're they're making the right strides in helping people organize their life, also power some of the neat features they have. So whether that's like flight tracking or particularly, I don't know where it's at on the iOS platform, but their Google Now product on Android phones where it's auto-generating cards for you to pay attention to, whether that's weather or things being delivered to your house. I think it's very fascinating. I think as as marketers, though, it presents an interesting tussle because we're now a, a bit beholden to Google and how our emails come through to our constituents. And it's almost as if, and this was first spurred on by this tab layout, but the fairness, I guess one could argue, of 
my email coming into the inbox versus others isn't necessarily weighed or going to be surfaced the same way as other people's email. So how as I as a company need to deal with that and know that that might be the new reality? It is gaining a lot of steam. And I've for me, it didn't really work because, again, I set up all my processes. But I've read a lot of people comment that they enjoy the inbox product and it really cleaned up their experience when it comes to email and how much is really just yelling for attention, particularly how many people subscribe to newsletters, deals, coupons, mm-hmm. all this stuff. It's become their new junk mailbox with a lot of stuff coming in, but some important things as well. So it's kind of interesting the strides that they're taking in there. Yeah, a couple more comments before we move on. You know, I've used it for the past week or so whenever it came out for iPhone for public usage. I really don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because I'm just stuck in my old ways. I wouldn't say that I'm a power user necessarily of Gmail. I mean, I've been using it as my primary source for a very long time, but I'm just used to the text-based. Mm-hmm. I get it. I can scan it. I know how to use it. And the new inbox, there's just, I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary graphics and colors and organization that I just can't easily scan what kind of emails just came mm-hmm. in. That just makes it a little bit more difficult. For example, one of the things that to me, I guess, doesn't really make sense, especially because People get emails from so many different companies and other people who aren't necessarily a contact. Why is there a profile icon for every email that comes in? To me, that doesn't make any sense. All mine are blank. There isn't anything there. There's just a color there and a letter, which to me seems useless. Check out Inbox by Google. Again, if you're involved in email marketing, it's probably going to be the future. Maybe not this exact iteration, but a lot of these features and things are going to be picked up by all the other apps. I can certainly see more of a future of this compared to something like Google+. Plus of being a future-leaning product that I could see more and more people yeah, I mean, using. Again, even if it's not the product itself, I think a lot of these types of features are going to roll out across all the devices that people use. So anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about how PPC spend is trending. So this was spurred on by a search engine link, an article that I wanted to mention. We talked about this a little bit last episode, how CPC rates, which is the cost that you're paying per click, has gone up and quite rapidly. So there was a more robust report released this week from RKG who really looked at how the last couple of quarters have trended in overall PPC spend, specifically looking at AdWords since it dominates that channel. So just to put some numbers on it, the search ad spend growth has slowed in the US and it's only risen 14% year on year in Q2. So to put that in perspective, in 2014, we were seeing upwards of 25% growth in how much companies were spending on ads. We also saw that clicks rose just 3% in Q2 of 2015 versus what I would probably estimate at about 18% in Q4 and Q3 of 2004. So again, in the amount of how much people are increasing their budget and how much of the search share that people are garnering in the amount of clicks. So what we're observing through that is no longer are we seeing the exponential growth in the how much people are willing to spend for these ads. So we're no longer seeing these massive 25% increases in budget and even seeing 
nearing 20% gains in clicks, it seems that most people are kind of figuring out what they want to spend, how much search volume is actually out there. And so it makes sense that now we're starting to observe the cost rise because there's more people in the hen house, you know, looking for those chicks. So that competition is heating up quite a bit. And so it makes sense that as the amount of pie that's available for everyone is diminishing, the amount I'm going to pay per slice is going up. So I just wanted to, to bring that up to people's attention, particularly if you're struggling on the PPC front, you feel like, man, I'm having to spend a lot more money to get the same amount of people. Well, that's actually a trend that we're observing across the industry. It's not necessarily because you're doing anything wrong. Still means that you probably should be checking what you're doing, particularly what people are noticing an increase in is the amount that people are going to be paying for brand keywords. And so companies are noticing much stiffer competition for people bidding for their own brand key terms and having to outbid them to make sure that they have top placements. So really think about that. I have noticed and worked with some companies where in some instances, it doesn't really make sense to always be number one for your own brand key terms. Um, if you have a strong enough brand and you've built it up enough, people know what they're hunting for. And you could, in some instances, be paying a lot for a click where people are going to end up for you anyways. And certainly there's an argument there, ease of location and people finding you there. You also have to weigh that against your costs and how much your buzzers are. So I don't know if you've seen that in other projects or had any other comments there, but just thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk with people because I know I have mentioned it to some and they're like, Phew. I was yeah. like pulling out my hair. I thought I was doing something completely wrong in AdWord. I mean, I think all that makes sense. I think as the industry grows and matures and at this point is just becoming so oversaturated, everybody knows about it, everybody does it, everybody has a department that manages it. All of that makes sense. Well, I think um, a lot of people shockingly still don't track stuff. So it's very interesting to me in talking with people where they still see digital channels as this experimental, we can't really track things, so let's just dump a bunch of money. So they have this budget and they are spending absorbent amounts of money with no idea of tracking of what's going on. And the there's a ripple effect there. Certainly those people are going to suffer and potentially seeing good results, they just don't really know. But that drives everyone else crazy and rates up the wazoo because they're willing to throw so much money at it to see some semblance of performance. But that also has a penalty effect of driving everyone else's up as well. Yeah. I, I mean, there's absolutely, and I think there's, there's sort of always been that. I mean, I think it would maybe argue the point that maybe it's worse now than at any other time before. It's probably just different and mm -hmm. that there are probably a lot of brands out there who recognize that we're not tracking things properly, but it's worth it. It's a brand reputation thing. Mm -hmm. We just have to be there no right. matter how much it actually ROIs for us. But I think there's another part of this equation too that has just been becoming more and more expensive. And that is just that paid search is getting more and has always been getting more and more complex to manage. Uh, the accounts and campaigns are getting larger and larger and more complex. There's more devices we need to target and pay attention to. And the constant stream of changes from AdWords is always keeping paid search departments on their heels, sort of always having to study up and change tactics and relearn things and spend more and more time actively managing campaigns that used to, could almost be sort of set on autopilot. You have to much more actively engage and manage these things. Uh, so that's another cost that I think is, is really increasing for paid search. And what might be interesting too is this report doesn't really go into it, but as paid search is becoming, or I would say already has arrived as a main marketing channel, perhaps they are playing around with just pricing. You know, mm -hmm. we're no longer this offshoot of 
you know, something where there's disposable income, people run radio, TV ads, and traditional media formats first, and then PPC kind of gets a small amount. Now we're seeing with more and more companies where it's digital first. So it's potentially likely that Google, Yahoo, and Bing are starting to drive their own costs up because they want to make more money because mm-hmm. now these digital formats are becoming a priority in companies and they're just trying to do some price testing to see, you know, where they can really drive the market. All interesting stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about Amazon Prime Day. <laughs> I feel like uh, we What's couldn't What's the uh, meme have of a... the ch- you are the chosen one, Star Wars? That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> like you had pumped it up. Yeah. You got me so excited. I woke up early. No, tune yeah, in okay. to the most disappointing <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. You ruined um, my life. I actually didn't. I forgot it was happening until I Mr. think. Mr. Amazon, I think, you I think forgot you it had was happening? Text, oh, I, I mean, I love Amazon, but I'm not saying I'm actually. You don't murmur get Amazon, Amazon in your sleep. I actually don't get Amazon <laughs> emails. I filter those out of oh. Gmail. <laughs> Too many order confirmations. Like, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> But anyway, so you had texted me partway through the day. So I, I did make it. I actually went on to reddit.com slash, I think it was Prime Day. There was a subreddit that was created to, to sort of keep track of all I think the big it was, deals. was uh, GIFs of guys standing in and the it rain. And was, it was basically <laughs> empty. So, you know, I spent some time rolling through there. I mean, just for those of you who do not know, I guess we can fill in. Maybe some people were like me and were unaware of what Amazon Prime Day were was. So Amazon came up with this idea. They're sick and tired of waiting an entire year before they can have a massive sale and sell mm-hmm. a bunch of shit. So let's come up with the equivalent of a Black Friday. Let's slam it right in the middle of the year and call it Prime Day. So exclusive to people who have a Prime membership at Amazon, which should be everybody. It's virtually everyone that I know. Prerequisite for hanging out. Can I see your Prime card? Exactly. (laughs) So if you have a Prime membership, you got access to what they're deeming all of these sort of exclusive deals. A lot of them were limited in quantity. So you had to sort of jump on that train early or you missed the boat. But there were a lot of other ones that were just sort of generic discounts deals on all sorts of products. Now, the buzz across the internet, as you sort of hinted at with some of your cracks at the beginning here, (laughs) point to the fact that everybody was sort of disappointed. Like, look, I couldn't get a lot of the deals that I wanted because it was so popular. And maybe this was purely a miscalculation on Amazon's part that so many people took part in it that a lot of the deals they had ran out very quickly. And a normal human being over here trying to click on ads, you know, couldn't get there (laughs) fast enough. But the other part was that a lot of the fallback deals, a lot of people felt were just generic garage sale crap. It seemed like you were trying to clean up your warehouse with the, the things that no one wanted. Right. So that was the general feeling on the internet. There's a million articles out there now ripping mm-hmm. on Amazon. I was actually checking the stock price for Amazon, the I think yesterday. It doesn't seem like they're hurting. <laughs> uh, the stock price at least wasn't dropping because of all this okay. negative press. So anyway, so I had a, a couple of things I want to talk about. And I also want to talk about Walmart and their campaign to fight back against this. Take advantage of all this negative press that Amazon's getting. There were a couple other... I'm sure that company. Yeah, I think like Newegg came out as well. Bonobos like, did one. Bonobos. I, I think like Bonobos was actually really good. At this point, everyone <laughs> did one. Bonobos actually, it was kind of funny, but they screwed up in that their sale was shit too, just like Amazon's <laughs> was. was like, I thought their copy was at least. Pretty it was humorous. like I think they were normally running a 25 or 30 percent off sale. And it was like 31. Other one was like 40, but it was off in a different way. Mm-hmm. It was like off the sale items or something. So it was anyway. It didn't amount to much. Anyway, so back to Walmart. Walmart ran. 
the whole ad, in fact, if you go to walmartright.com right now, at least for us on Friday, as we're recording this, there is a huge banner, similar branding as the Prime Day one with the confetti and shit. And it just says like, sale on things that you would actually want. (laughs) I'm trying to get rid of these things. (laughs) Actually, let me just pull it up right now so that I... And it says, items you actually want at the low prices you expect. Camo workout clothes. Yes. So I spent a little bit of time because actually Walmart was being brought up a lot in these articles about ripping on Amazon because, again, it was like a bunch of crap on Amazon that nobody wanted. So I I scrolled through here and you know what I noticed? It's all the same shit. (laughs) Here's my problem. This is my little mini rant. I'm not really sure what people were expecting. Maybe you can give me some insight here. Mm-hmm. What were people expecting to get on sale from Amazon? I think people have to step back and realize that people don't just buy TVs on Amazon anymore. I literally buy all my shit on there. Right. So yeah, deals on a vacuum cleaner kind of suck, I mm-hmm. guess, because they're not sexy. But I that's like legit room, but... what like everyone's <laughs> buying on Amazon, mm-hmm. right? And it, right. I'm going here to Walmart and it's the same type of stuff. It's like there's vacuum cleaners. There's like like mattresses, crappy furniture, <laughs> exercise bikes. It, it's not sexy stuff, I guess, is my point. So I think one of the main complaints against Amazon is, you know, it wasn't cool stuff on sale, but that's mostly what Amazon sells. It's not like cool, sexy shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that well, make I, sense? I, it does. And I, I believe a couple reasons why that is the case. And that one, they did hype it up a lot on their site. Obviously, mm-hmm. perhaps some people missed it. I don't know how. But uh, there was a lot of press. I don't go to the homepage. Dictated to, to it, and I think because of how much was the perceived effort behind the push, that built up everyone's expectations. Uh, just in general, I also believe what's a little bit different in Amazon's case is there was no preview to the items that were might have been on sale, and so I think what happens there is if you allow customers' expectations to run wild with how crazy this day is going to be and it's going to eclipse Black Friday, but you don't tamper that with here are some of the things that might be on sale. I think people's imagination just goes crazy. I think Amazon's going to make it rain with TVs and personal assistant robots and and just, you know, things that they can come up with that are probably related to their own wish list or desires. And, you know, they didn't provide any sort of semblance for what to expect. And so when they did roll it out, which was some decent deals, but a lot of flashcard memory and just kind of random stuff. I think a lot of people were let down, but that's because... Amazon didn't help tamper that with any sort of inclination of what might be coming down. You know, like with Black Friday sales, oftentimes you'll get a preview. You'll get something in the mail or they'll release something on their site kind of the day before to showcase some of that stuff. And I think that might have played in Amazon's favor a bit in helping people understand what exactly to expect. I can definitely see that angle. I don't know. I I really just, I guess maybe I just love Amazon so much that it angers me that so many people are pissed at them. The final thing I want wanted to say was that I think a lot of people too have to realize that Amazon's normal prices on their damn website are mm. really low to start with. And especially on items like TVs, which people expect discounts on, there's no margin in TVs like at all, honestly. So but I don't think it's fair to blame people because this is a sale that Amazon created. Yeah. Like this is a, a folly of their own creation. Sure. So I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to fault people about what their expectations were and keeping pricing in mind because this is 
not something that they signed a change.org petition on. This right. is something that Amazon came up with themselves. So I, I don't know. I can't really accurately, I guess, describe my feelings here, except it seems crazy to me that people are getting so pissy that the deals weren't that good. I mean, I sort of spent 10 minutes on the site. I didn't really find anything. I went on with my day. It seems like everybody else then spent the next two hours writing right. articles and tweeting and bitching about it. We've so certainly become a more deal Maybe I'm just not the consumer. I think that's really what it boils down to in that we are in a different financial and just place in life where that's not necessarily what we live for. And I think as, a, and that's a greater lesson into sometimes when we do marketing campaigns or whatnot, taking a step back and understanding the personas and the people involved. But I do think in general, potentially because of how salaries have shaken out or just the general economy in the last decade or so, we have become much more of a deal-driven society and that's what we come to expect so when you tickle that nerve and get people excited about that that does increase the veracity that that's going to be involved in that type of situation so let us know what you thought about amazon prime day and and how people might be firing back like walmart or newegg and how they can take advantage of it do you think it was a misstep or maybe just them testing the waters and and maybe next year will be even bigger now that they've seen some people will participate yeah and don't be afraid to call in even though if you don't like Amazon, I'll vehemently disagree with you. <laughs> block you on Twitter. <laughs> we'll find your profile and block you. <laughs> but we'll actually listen to your feedback and we maybe we'll talk about it on the next episode. So let's go ahead and check in with our friends at Google. Favorite part of the show, Google Corner. Please don't wreck my life this week. So let's kick it off with, first and foremost, if you pay attention to what Rob and I tell you to do on probably a monthly basis, one of those is checking in with your Google Webmaster Tools. There's actually a reported bug that Google is is aware of where in the last couple of months you might have noticed that Google is reporting a massive decline in the amount of pages that it's indexed. If you're not sure what indexing is, that is just the amount of pages that the Google robot has come onto your site and digested. It's a bug that's been reported and the Google team has acknowledged it. What's not very clear at this point yet is if that's a bug in reporting or that's an actual bug with the bot algorithm. So we'll stay tuned to see if they can clarify that aspect, but don't panic if you've seen that Google has actually indexed less pages over time. I mean, maybe you should panic and just double check things, but just know that there is an outstanding bug with Webmaster Tools right now. One thing that you might wanna do just to double check things is even if you don't want to pay for it, sign up for a free trial of a tool like Moz. There's a lot of other SEO tools out there that will run through their own custom indexer. So that might be another way where you can double check some of your numbers as well. Even though I mentioned a free trial, it's still a very worthwhile tool and certainly worth every penny. But that might be a good way for you to, to see how that bug might be affecting you and maybe not to panic. Moving right along, and I wanted to ask you some of these. There was a report that came out of some of the interestingly most searched terms across the globe. So I want to ask you a couple of these on what you might guess. Dude, I'm going to get every single one of these wrong. I don't that's, have TV. I'm going to get them all the wrong. Point. I have no idea. So to frame this contest... Each search was entered as follows. How does a asterisk cost in the country name? And the asterisk tells Google to fill in that with the top product or the item searched. So how much does X cost in God. whatever country? Okay, okay. And this is the top X in whatever country. Correct. Gotcha, okay. So what would you say Iran? 
has. So it would be how much does X cost in Iran? Um, oil. A kidney. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Albania. So how much does X cost in Albania? Car. Nose jobs. <laughs> okay, this, these are bullshit. Ones. Okay, so these let's are, go. No let's go through real. a couple more of these. Chili. That would be Coke. We're not sure if that's the drug or the drink. Either way, pretty. Why would you look up online how much a can of <laughs> you, Coke costs? You've never done that. Well, uh, I wasn't doing yeah. it for a can of Coke. <laughs> I check the street prices, man. Cocaine. <laughs> Australia was how much does in vitro fertilization cost? Maybe it because it's so hot down there. This it's is, hard to conceive. This blows my mind. <laughs> and in Russia, this is my favorite. How much? does flying a MIG jet cost? <laughs> okay, this, okay, so the data is obviously bullshit. What's USA? What's... They don't actually have USA. Oh, see, this is... <laughs> but we could all do that. This is all a joke article. Let's I'm going to make up a live. game right now that, that we're going to... So we're going to search in the US. This might be a little bit different. Hopefully it doesn't pull from my own search history. The number one results using the US of A. How much does an iPhone 5 cost in the USA? So we are obviously supremely concerned with our How smartphones much does over here. Star cost in USA. I'm getting yes. Marlboro. So cigarettes. if you don't do it with a star, it auto populates it. So if you just do how much does cost okay. in the USA? IPhone, iPhone 5, health insurance. I get all those. And then yeah. I get food in Albania or a house in Albania. You, you made the, all of these other no, ones. No, I up. didn't. But I'm wondering if VPN into those countries, that would actually change your uh, <laughs> we'll tweet out the link so people can check it out. If we do conduct a search here in the U.S., we are, how much does iPhone 5s cost? So, And what did I say for Iran? Tim Cook. What did I say for Iran? I said oil. That. The number one result is gas. But number two is nose job. I think there's something wrong with this nose job <laughs> result jumping in here. I don't know. Maybe you've been searching. <laughs> Australia. How much is IVF? I'm seeing IVF. Okay. Number two, liposuction. Oh. Number three, Minecraft. Number four, Botox. Australia, man. Man, they are all about that vanity. <laughs> Gotta look good at the beach. I mean, I guess IVF's not really vanity. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, you gotta have a good-looking kid, so you gotta have it Botoxed so and <laughs> well, as is, soon as possible. This is fun. How much does cost? In... All right. So, lastly, an interesting feature that Google is bringing. We've mentioned it multiple times here on the podcast, but just as a recap, Google PLA is the way in which you can leverage AdWords to sell specific products with Google sending them to product pages. So how that works is you send Google a feed and you tell it these are the products that we offer on our site for the specific price. And you'll probably see if you were to search for maybe like an HP laptop or something like that, there would be actual listings for HP laptops directly into the search pages. Google's taking that one step further. So how this is working on the Google experiences, this is only for mobile as it stands right now. And you're able to purchase with any stored payment option that you have within your Google wallet, but with certain of their ad formats, they are allowing you to directly make purchases within their search results pages. I think this is a smart move by them. I do believe that this is going to probably work very well for certain commodity type products where maybe I'm buying dog poop bags or something like that and I already know the exact ones I want and it's not that big of a deal. If I'm going and searching for maybe a new mixer for a girl friend, I might want to go and actually pay attention to some of those features and, and double check. So I think we're going to see some mixed results here, depending on the actual products that people are searching. But it's interesting that Google's playing around with, again, it's shortening up 
that journey for people to actually click through and purchase. I do wonder how many companies are a tad concerned about that and that we're not controlling that experience anymore. People are making these purchases outside of our platform. You know, we don't necessarily have the ability to upsell people anymore or present them with maybe a package where you'd make more money. So I do wonder how merchants are approaching this and what their strategy might be and if it'll be a good fit for all. I think if Google actively rolls this out and makes it big, I think this is going to bring up more complaints of antitrust type sure, stuff. Absolutely. I mean, if if you're now buying straight from Google within Google, you're getting directions inside Google, you're getting recipes. Well, you're, you're giving you're priority giving to people based on payments. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be crossing it's the line. on my joy. It's going to be crossing the line. That's it for 100, right? Oh, yeah. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us. We enjoyed ourselves. If you did, ask a couple things. One, that you would rate us on whatever channel you found us on, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher. really helps us grow the show, but also know where we stand. We'd also ask that you would share it with a friend, a colleague, or as Rob would like to say, a lover perhaps. You can also call us, as we've mentioned before, 904-270-9603. Leave us a comment or something that you'd suggest for future episodes. You can reach out to us on Twitter. What's that handle again, Rob? The Bearded MKTRS. Crazy, we know, but Twitter wouldn't let us have all the characters. And you can also write to us directly at the website, thebeardmarketers.com slash contact. We love hearing from you. All and usually user submitted content makes it on the very next episode because we love getting it so much thank you again so much for joining us have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time see ya